Grumpy Old Geeks. A weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Good afternoon, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Busy, busy, busy. Where the hell are you? I'm in San Francisco, the land of the man poo. Ah, uh, land of douche. <laughs> something like that, something like that. I am uh, coming to you today from the Art of Charm studio, which is my day job, which has lent me the studio to do this show, because uh, I didn't have any time to set my studio up properly. Well, yeah, and why should you, since you're only going to be there for a few days? So Yes, I have been here for a few days, but uh, it's been a blast. It, actually, I've had a really good time in San Francisco. We went to this thing called the Panic Room last night, where we uh, had to escape from a jail cell. You know, uh, you get yes, like an I've hour to do that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a ton of fun. Cool. Yeah, a little janky because uh, some of the people just beat up on it. But man, it was I really had a blast. So I'm gonna have to check some more of those out. Awesome. Very cool. And you are coming back soon, I hope. Uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Yeah, back oh, to LA. Might have lost you to startup or something. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. God, no. Just walking around here listening to conversations gives me PTSD, like people on the phone talking about valuations. And, and if I hear the word execute one more fucking time, I'm going to stab some some idiot in the throat. But yeah, the, the key phrase that's been driving me insane this week is best practices. <laughs> yes. Oh, the fun thing, too, is people up here hate Priuses just as much as we do down south. Well, that's one point for them. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I saw you uh, actually made it to the Underworld concert. I did, and it was uh, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I was a little disappointed in the set list, but I am a bit snobby, and having seen them like 20 or 30 times, I, I, it's not the best show I've ever seen, but certainly the first day of summer at the Hollywood Bowl with nice weather can't, be, can't really be beat. It was a good show. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was watching the Instagram photos come through, and I saw uh, pictures from Caleb Bacon from Man School, uh, Robert Patrick Lewis, author of The Pact and Love Me When I'm Gone that we reviewed last week. Um, I think if I walked from one end of the bowl to the other, I would have somebody in every section because there was even more people posting on Instagram that they were there. <laughs> yeah, I knew quite a few people there as well. I just never saw any of them. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of texting flying back and forth. And like you said, Instagramming and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it was a really good show. And I also saw uh, Carl Wallinger World Party play the night before at the Troubadour, which was always amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very good and very busy weekend, which went straight into an incredibly busy week. And now I want to just pass out and go to sleep. Yeah, definitely. No, I was, uh, well, you were at World Party. I was, uh, I was in Chicago and we did the Resistance Pro Show, which was always fun. Always fun. We had this girl, Blue Pants, who's a WWE, like, uh, in the farm leagues down there. She came up and did an amazing show. So all in all, even though I didn't get to see World Party and Underworld, still had a pretty good time back in uh, Chicago. Well, that's good. And I, I hope they send you back soon so you can do your DJ bits. Uh, August 1st at the barn in Willowbrook, Illinois. Come out and see Resistance Pro Wrestling. Wow, are they actually like flying you there and stuff? Uh, no, it's uh, it was the Filippo Fest. I have to say that because it's my brother's birthday, my birthday, and my dad's anniversary. So we all get together for one one massive barbecue that day. Ah, the Filippo Fest. I like that. Yeah, de, yeah, the Filippo. Yeah, we'll use that one, the Filippo Fest. See, you're just a branding expert. I really am good at this shit. It's amazing that I don't get paid more. <laughs> eh, not really. Yeah, no. In the news. Well, it looks like France has taken up the grumpy old geek's mantle. Vive la France! <laughs> yeah, I saw this news yesterday, um, and, you know, with the burning of the cars and the, the beating up of the Uber drivers in France, and something stood out to me when I, was, when I was reading the news here. There were tweets from Courtney Love that were buried in some of these stories, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe France isn't that down on Uber. Maybe they just hate Courtney Love. I, and that's fair. Uh I, I would totally understand that. So, yeah, I guess Courtney Love was in an Uber at the time and she was tweeting as as her Uber was getting basically trashed. Um, you know, it's again, I have nothing against Uber. I just want them to follow legislations. And, and that's what France is asking for as well. What I found shocking is, uh, man, the French just went apeshit on this one. Like uh, full countrywide revolt. Might have been nice if they would have done that to the Nazis. Just saying. Oh, man, come on. Hey, they just turned over then. But, yeah, oh, because they were Uber. Because there was nobody left because they were so valiant in World War One. Go read That's your right. history. Okay, I'll go listen to it. Why would I read history when I've got those awesome podcasts? Yeah, actually, uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History is where I really kind of got to know the French in World War One, and he stood behind them. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Show. I agree. 
it's just fun to make jokes because yeah, yeah. you know they're the French. So speaking of uh, making fun of people, let's make fun of Taylor Swift, even though it's kind of a dead story now. But I still want to do it because I feel like I we missed the boat because we were you know off all week. <laughs> It's it's a sort of a dead story, but sort of not, because uh, as we get into this a little bit more, you'll see why. Uh, obviously, if you have not paid attention to the news, uh, Taylor Swift came to the to the save the the general musician out there uh, against the evil Apple saying, God damn it, you cannot have my album because we need to get paid. I don't expect my iPhone for free. And because it's Taylor Swift, everybody paid attention, apparently. Apparently. See, when when this first came out, then you're probably going to correct me on this. This seemed like it was so fucking staged. It's like, OK, ta- you know, OK, we're not going to pay them for the first three months. Then Taylor Swift writes a fucking Tumblr post saying, oh, please pay everybody. And they cave within like hours. And it just seems like that it was too easy. It was just too easy that it just smelled like a PR stunt. Well, it's not, as far as I know. Now, uh, there are differing opinions, and I will give you the scuttlebutt that I have heard through the channels in which I run, who should know a good deal about this sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, Taylor Swift, of course, I mean, they had this thing locked and loaded and ready to go. They were waiting a while. It's her management company. They're quite clever. Uh, They've already done it with Spotify, so they're just going to keep doing it, and it's their thing. And uh, you should be happy it was Tumblr instead of medium oh medium she, yes she could have used that as well uh and yeah the apple did respond immediately and they basically just said we hear you taylor swift we will pay the musicians during the free trial the thing is <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing uh apple was always going to play pay for all the plays during the freemium period from my understanding of various contracts that i have seen that is the deal they were going to pay. Everything was going to be tracked. What they weren't going to do is pay right away. They were going to pay on the back end after the freemium period is ended, and then they would send out payments. Now, that's as Apple likes to do. I don't know if you've noticed, but anytime you buy anything off the iTunes store, they basically wait a while because they group together a whole bunch of purchases and run everything at once. Makes sense. Good for business. Bad for everybody else, but good for them. Yeah, on the volume that they're dealing with, they have to group that because the transaction fees on the smaller payments would basically bankrupt the company. Yeah, exactly. So, And we have a link in the show notes that goes to Forbes, which has a really good article that talks about it. And the reason that the independent artists and the independent labels were not happy about that is because they say they can't go that long without income running a small business. I sort of understand that. Well, they're going to get six bucks out of it. They can't wait three weeks or three months for six bucks because that's all they're ever going to get. My point exactly. It's going to be, especially for an indie artist, it's a very small amount of money. And granted, yes, they need that money. However, I would argue that you are not losing any revenue because the people that are, especially for indie bands that are really into you, are going to still buy your stuff off iTunes or they weren't going to buy it all anyways. So no harm, no foul as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, we'll see how the so basically what they were saying is, okay, Taylor, you win, give us your album, and we're going to do the same thing that we were already going to do no matter what. Exactly. And why didn't they simply say that? Well, when the world's top pop Muppet challenges you, you can't explain the still somewhat shady and definitely Byzantine financial workings of the music industry, particularly to her 14-year-old girl fans, who you want to make her parent, you know, you want those 14-year-old girls to force their parents to pay for the streaming. So instead, you go for the publicity and go, hey, Taylor Swift, you're awesome. Okay. Yeah, and you want to come out the hero. So Apple does to these 14-year-old girls who can't, you know, figure out anything that they are now the hero. It's like, oh, Apple came, Taylor Swift and Apple, they love each other. Let's give them all our money. Uh, forget Spotify, mom. We're moving on. Spotify is is so Justin Bieber. We're not even going there anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, if, ta- if, uh, if the iTunes has got the, the Taylor Swift and the Spotify doesn't, that's where we're going. Anyway, so it was a good play all around on Apple's part. Uh, there are definitely some people that in my circles that say that that isn't true and Apple actually wasn't going to pay, but this forced them to. But I figure there are contracts out there and they discuss it in the Forbes uh, thing. And the contracts have been in place for a long time. And if they're saying that they were going to pay and that's in the contracts, then they were going to pay because it's in the contracts, right? (laughs) There you go. So that all happened (laughs) and it's over and done. And uh, as per want these days, anytime anybody takes any sort of stand anywhere, uh, you got to be really careful these days. Glass houses and all that sort of stuff. As soon as Taylor Swift's published her open letter ranting about how it's not fair to not get paid for things, a photographer that shot her at some point came out of the woodwork with the bullshit contract that her management company makes photographers sign about basically not getting paid for anything. Well, you know what? Honestly, it's up to the photographer. If he wants to sign it, go for it. If not, just move on. I know uh, 
friend of the show, uh, Mike Vinicor, he gets all these contracts to shoot bands. And if they say, we own the photos, we're not giving you anything for them, even credit, then he just moves on. And a lot of photographers do that. But yeah. a lot of photographers bitch about it because it's good for press. Yeah, it's good for press. And, you know, it, there is something to be said for let's point this out and shame these people so these contracts don't proliferate. And that that's the main problem is... You know, everybody starts to see this and basically everybody starts to do it. And it's one thing to say, well, just don't sign the contract and don't take the gig. And it's another thing to have to basically pay your mortgage and eat. Yeah, true, true. Strong so, arm, strong arm. Exactly. And uh, finally, in the music thing, this is the last little bit that I'm going to talk about. Uh, here we comes talk about, Bob left shits again. Yes, here comes left shits. And it's not a whole thing, but I did enjoy the PS on one of his one of his fucking screeds about the whole Taylor Swift and Apple thing. And it dovetails nicely with some you know, the things that we've been talking about for quite a while. So here's left shits. P.S. When more people pay, middle class artists will still be screwed. Their income was based on scarcity. If you had a record deal and radio airplay, you made money. But today, everybody can play and you're competing against the greatest hits of all time. Therefore, the rich will get richer and the poor will stay that way as the middle class declines, just like in real life. I believe I said that pretty much exactly last week. And the week before and the week before. And, you know, I, I, I see. I just love when when, you know, thought leaders get on board with what we've been saying for over two years. I know it's good times, right? Yes. Even though it took me a while to agree with you on the decline of the middle class, it took a trip across the country on a train to really see it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. It really is out there, people. We're not we're not getting around. Now, speaking of the I told you so files. Mm -hmm. There's a great article in Fortune about uh, a photographer, uh, Jim McMillan, who was taking some pictures uh, in uh, Philadelphia. You know, one of those duck boats, those like amphibious boats that you can go on water and land. And Oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Seen, I've never been on one, but I've seen them. I was on one at the Wisconsin Dells. It was kind of fun. But this one was not fun for one unfortunate woman who was crossing the street and got run over and killed by it. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, this guy, he's a photojournalist, and he took pictures of it. And posted them to Facebook and Instagram. And he, t he posted the tasteful photos of them just covering up the side of the, the car or the truck or the duck. Sorry, the duck, the uh, duck with a tarp saying, you know, something bad happened here. Comes back a little later. Facebook and Instagram had deleted his photos without asking or without any prompting, no notification, anything. They just said, no, nah, we're not going to let you show this. Right. So this should be, you know, very chilling to people who are the ones who are signing these deals for Facebook dealing with posting press articles. You know, if you're going to hand your your keys to the kingdom to Facebook to post, you know, your news, just, you know, beware the consequences because at some point, someday, they're going to disagree with what you say and they are not going to show it to anybody and you're back to where you started and probably worse off because all of your fans have left your website and are now looking at Facebook for your news, which they can't see because the Facebook overlord said piss off. Are you done with your rant? I am. Okay. Uh, agree, but caveat, and not that I agree with the caveat, but a real important caveat. He posted this from or to his personal yes. page. It was not a news organization's page that has entered into the relationship with Facebook to provide news. It was his personal page in much the same way that if I took a photo of myself breastfeeding, first off, that'd be weird. <laughs> that secondly, would be really weird. <laughs> but secondly, Facebook could, by all rights, remove it because, as we know, we have no rights as individuals on Facebook. They can do whatever the hell they want with our site. I would venture that in the deals that they're making because Facebook wants to take over news, there are different rules for news pages or accounts or whatever the hell they're going to call them. So if he had would have posted this to, say, his newspapers page and then it was taken down, I would have a much bigger issue with it. But because it was his personal page, hey, sucks to be you. It's free. Right. But I see this as a bellwether. And, you know, since we cannot see those news contracts, which I would love to see if anybody if we have a, a, an Edward Snowden inside of any of these press agencies that want to leak some documents to us, please, by all means, send them, because I bet somewhere in those in the fine print, Facebook reserves the right to to remove offending content that, that is yep. not, you know, because if Facebook is a is a multinational corporation now. So something that might be fine in Des Moines might not be fine in New Delhi. So they or, want to res reserve the right to take that down, I bet. Or anything that might not look well upon Facebook's stock price. Yeah, that too. We are beholden to the shareholder value. Never forget that. Yes. Uh, speaking of shareholder value, uh, Microsoft is apparently backing out of the uh, 
free Windows 10 promise that they made. I don't know if there's been an update on this. I threw it in there, but this doesn't surprise me. I'm just like, somebody probably ran the numbers and said, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they would lose an awful lot of money. However, they are competing against a market where operating systems are free. So what are they going to do? I don't know. So what what are they saying? Are they saying that it's not going to be free now? Because I still have an icon that I cannot get rid of. By, by the way, Windows... That stupid upgrade to Windows 10 icon that pops up that uh, you say we can just go ahead and customize our thing to take it off so it goes away and just updates you when I can actually download Windows 10. Every fucking time I reboot, it's back. It does not stay away. This is even worse than the Bluetooth issue on the iPhones. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, we're, we're Anyways, gonna, yeah, point we're, being, uh, that little icon told me that I would be getting Windows 10 for free as soon as it's ready to release. And I signed up for it and I'm just waiting for my free copy to start downloading. Is that not going to happen now? I don't know. We're going to have to follow this one and see uh, see how this plays out because, you know, public shaming generally tends to get people to reverse their position. So you still might be getting Windows 10 for free. Yeah. And that's a really just a bonehead move, Microsoft. You don't say it's going to be free and then take it away. You can't do that. You eat it up and you say, well, Windows 11 not going to be free. That was just a little experiment we did. I hope you liked it. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, you know, when even just going back to the, the beginning of the web, you start off with a free site, then you move to a pay site. Never mm. works. Start Always start off with a pay site first. And then when your pay site doesn't work, then you can make it free and not lose any face. Exactly. So uh, speaking of faces, these mm. cute little Google cars look like they have little faces on them. They're so pretty. I saw the photo of that and I, you know, I immediately thought if Apple would have put out an iCar, that's exactly what it would look like. Yes. And that was being utterly facetious. I think these things are ugly as hell. But that's just me. Um, they only go 25 miles an hour, and Google is going to be putting their little self-driving cars to the test on California roads this summer. They so, only go how fast? 25 miles an hour. Okay, I would get a ticket for driving too slow at most places. Well, they're just going around the neighborhoods, and there will be a safety driver in the car. But, you know, okay. this, is, it's the, uh, this is the beginning. It's the beginning. Right, well, you know, I'm not so thrilled about that, but what are you going to do? Uh, well, you know. I, Bill Gates apparently says Uber is going to be the one that's going to crack the self-driving car first, but I think they've got a long way to go. Google's got a pretty good head start. Yeah, I think they're pretty far behind. Google's going to get get there first. And what the hell does Bill Gates know anyway? I know. He took away our free Microsoft Windows 10. Actually, he's not involved anymore. He didn't do it. We love you, Bill. Yeah, he's he's busy taking away malaria. Exactly. And why don't you support Grumpy Old Geeks at patreon.com slash GOG, Bill? Security? Ha! Speaking of Facebook, uh, we've talked a bit in the past about the kind of creepy facial recognition stuff that goes on on Facebook with the photos finding us and, you know, notifying us that there's a photo of us and it basically always being right, which is frightening. It's very, uh, very, <laughs> very scary. Yes. According to an article in The New Scientist uh, at the Computer Vision and Pattern Recognition Conference, did you even know that thing existed? It's a little frightening. Yeah, I have heard, surprisingly heard of it. Or unsurprisingly, I hear about weird shit like that all the time. But continue. Yes, well, Facebook rolled out their new system that uh, is not plugged into Facebook yet, but uh, they're going to plug it in. And guess what? It can ID you even if your face isn't showing. Yeah, this is this is like, you know, some big or I'm sorry, little brother Cory Doctorow level shit that they're doing now. And they're, they're getting really scarily good at it. Yeah, apparently beyond good. I mean, the, the, a test ran 40,000 publicly available photos from Flickr to develop a neural network that recognizes not only faces, obviously, but other physical characteristics, including things. And they're, they're saying that this will get smart enough that, like, it will know it's Mark Zuckerberg because he's wearing a gray shirt. If it's in a blue shirt, that's not him. Yeah, no, this is uh, they're using different biometric markers, you mm -hmm. know, like, I mean, we've talked about with video how you have gate recognition, how you can just tell from a distance how somebody walks and get a pattern yeah. of that. Uh, this is just, um, you know, just body metrics that they're going yeah. with now. And body shape, how, how you yeah. hold yourself when you're standing in certain positions. Everything is just being tabulated, kept in a database and cross checked. So it doesn't scare me that Facebook is doing this. What scares me is that Facebook probably has an API deal with the CIA <laughs> and, and, you know, or the NSA and all those guys because, you know, soon they won't be able to do it themselves and they won't want to because it costs too much money. They will just buy, you know, API access to Facebook and say, who is this? And they'll say, oh, this is this person. He's been here, here, here. This is what he's done. And, you know, he likes sausage pizza. <laughs> and, yeah. and then there's a knock on your door and here come the jackboots. 
Okay, I might be going a little far with that one, but still. Maybe. <laughs> you know me. I like to go to the edge. I know. Oh, Cisco. Poor Cisco this week. Aww. Oh, man. They, uh, they, they ship with a default SSH key in a lot of their appliances, which means that if you get the key, people can just walk in as root. And this is a fairly big breach, and the it's, it's you know, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I scratch my head at these. This is, goes back to when you think the Internet of Things is going to be fantastic. No. Worry, worry, worry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we beat this one to death, but here's Cisco out there with, you know, oh, God, what do we got here? Oh, web security, vulture. Oh, my God. There's so many things that are vulnerable. It's like almost everything. Just don't buy Cisco this week. <laughs> I, I mean, just Yeah, yeah. Well, right. actually, Cisco stock might be good to buy this week. That's true, actually. Uh, and um, we've talked about the Sony Pictures hack and how we believe that everything that they say about it is unbelievable. Yes. Uh, Fortune.com has a very big story called Inside the Hack of the Century. It's a three-part series. Um, parts one and two are out. We're going to link them in the show notes. Part three will be out, I believe, on Saturday. I have not read this yet because I'm waiting for all of it. I'm going to binge it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but I want to put it in the show notes in case people want to get caught up now. It's it's really long. This is like very, very long. Much like the Pirate Bay one that we posted. Uh, not mm -hmm. Pirate Bay. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. There was yeah, a pirate uh, in there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Silk Road. The That giant Silk Road story on Wired. Yeah. So That one I'm interested in. The Sony thing I'm so completely over. You'll just have to let me know if we were right. Yeah, well, I, I wonder if they're even going to be able to find out. Hopefully, they've got a mole in Sony that'll tell them the skinny. Yeah, that'd be that'd be helpful. Or maybe they can just fly drones over there and catch conversations. Could be, could be. Let's get into the drone segment of security uh, with a personal, well, not personal story, but here in Los Angeles, there is a huge fire out in the San Bernardino National Forest right now, and it's, it's a cause for concern. There's an awful lot of firefighters out there, and they're all doing their thing and being heroes like they are, uh, but they had to stop when somebody jackass flew a fucking drone through. Yeah, this was a four-foot-wide fixed-wing drone. It wasn't like, you know, your little DGI Phantom. This was like a pretty big drone, and it was flying at eight or 900 feet. Yeah, and it was like getting in between fixed-wing aircraft that were being used to battle the fire, so that was good times, and you're a jerk, whoever you are. Yeah, I actually saw this fire from the plane when I was coming home on Monday, and it mm. was pretty big. Right, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a serious, serious, serious fire i mean it's it's big but i mean we get them pretty often here and sometimes they're you know what are you gonna do like, yeah keep the drones out of the way goddamn because yeah, they lost several hours to you know dropping water on the fire which could mean that people on who are on the ground did not get the coverage they needed and it could be a real actual threat to the people who the firefighters on the ground who were like you know building fire breaks and things like that it's yeah. not funny it really isn't no it's not uh, but what is funny is the cia can't quite keep their drone propaganda straight Okay. Uh, they killed an Al Qaeda leader last, or not too long ago. Right. And uh, they put out dueling leaked press releases from, you know, sources close to the matter. And one said, oh, yeah, we knew exactly what we were doing. We had, we had you know, months of surveillance. And the other one was like, nah, we just kind of got them by accident. And it's just. Which one do you think is right? Uh, the first. Okay. I think, I think that they followed, tracked them, and then blew them up. Right. Well, yeah. interesting. Who would release the other one then? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Well, people who who want to say that, oh, yeah, no, we every now and again, we get a good one. OK, somebody who's trying to embarrass the administration is generally what you get from that. Well, good luck with that at this point, because right now I'd vote for President Obama as God, given the week <laughs> he's had. Yeah, we'll talk about him shortly <laughs> here. Um, so this dude, David uh, Bessemer, has been acquitted uh, in, in, in the town of Ulster, Ulster wherever yes. the hell that is. Um, That'd be Ireland. Ireland? Isn't oh. it? No, I thought it was here in the States, but no. I could be wrong. You know, I... Let's go to the Google bot. No, no, no. It's here. It's on uh, Ulster. Yeah, it's here in the U.S. Okay, um, well, there's also so in Ulster, Ireland. He was flying his drone outside the Mid-Hudson Medical Group building on U.S. Route 9W in the town of Ulster. Um, oh. And when a, somebody inside the hospital said, hey, there's a drone outside. He's peeking in the windows. And they called <laughs> the cops, arrested him, took his drone, put him up on charges, and uh, finally said, no, 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 no. He was just taking pictures of the building. Let him go. So this was, with the, this was a, a watershed case in that. And this FAA is why we need rules. 
Yeah, well, not, not yeah. a year from now. Now, definitely, most definitely. Yeah. So uh, we need a we need a cool drone intro. Can you can you give us a, a sound effect of? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's a no. I'll work on that in my copious spare time. Droning away. Comment of the week. Many thanks to friend of the show, Dr. David Teeter, who actually just subscribed this week on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. It's about fucking time, David. Seriously, seriously. God. I mean, all you do is complain. (laughs) Piss moan, piss moan. Now that you paid, you can complain. Well, now I'll get an earful. I'm actually going out to dinner with him tonight or drinks tonight. Probably not, but we'll see. We'll see. Tell him I said hi. So this is a, this is a first for the Grumpy Old Geeks. Mm-hmm. We actually got a review from an actual friend from Sweden. Wow. Hey, man, thanks for all those TVs and movies and all the stuff I get from you. Uh, this is from Danny. I can't pronounce the last name. Neil. Nail, nail, something like that. Okay, mm-hmm. but the subject is bloody fantastic, which makes me think uh, might be He's on vacation. Ex- an English expat in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I usually don't listen to podcasts, and if I do, they tend to bore me after five episodes. But not this one. They're not grumpy old men complaining about everything that's younger than themselves. We're not. Oh, I thought we were. <laughs> Uh, just about san francisco stupid idiots pierre companies that do bad stuff people who do bad stuff such as pierre and lucky pierre uh and young geeks jason and brian are able to be funny entertaining and at the same time giving me information about wordpress they love it apple nsa san francisco films books i'll start reading dune again oh boy <laughs> More Dune. Uh, and other important things going on in this mighty fine world. I might even listen to the oldest episodes because I know how profoundly proud they are of those ones. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And, don't do that. No, no please don't. Uh, and next month, I might even add a little money to it. Well, we'd appreciate do that. that. Yeah, do that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Danny. Uh, great. And I, God, I feel really bad for Pierre. That's just going to live on and on, isn't it? Well, you know, he's got a chance to redeem himself. That's true. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, get on Dune and, and throw out WordPress, please. Thank you very much. Uh, we also got another five-star rating from Beatle1967. I'm guessing he's a Beatles fan, so he's probably not going to enjoy your take on that, Jason. No, probably not. Uh, subject, best listen of the week. Uh, witty and unfiltered, you will be addicted after a few shows. Thank you very much, Beatle1967. Thank you very much, even though I don't agree with your taste in music. <laughs> Beatles are great, man. Uh, okay, from GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Now, you put you put a little note at the top of this here. Uh, I'm not going to feed the trolls on this one. All right. Yeah, there, there's some people that are using our contact form now to just shill their crap. And just know that if you're sending us just random things out of the blue that you think we should cover for you without getting paid, no, <laughs> no. Buy an ad. We'll be more than happy. Or just subscribe to Patreon and give us a link, and we will talk about it on the show. But just stop sending us press releases. Yes, thank you. I, I was going to publicly shame them, but I think this is a better method. Yes. No, don't feed the trolls. All right. And we did get a real comment from Brett B., who I believe I know, actually, uh, because he grew up in Anaheim, as did I, and I think I went to high school with him. Anyways, just got my daughter a smartphone. What is Snapchat and how do I monitor it? I know you have talked about it before, but now it's a reality. Thanks, Brett in Fresno by way of Anaheim. Uh, first off, you make me feel really old that you have a daughter that has a smartphone and is in, as in, now is in danger of Snapchatting away the bits that you don't want your daughter Snapchatting away. Uh, good luck with that. I, I'd say get rid of Snapchat and remove it immediately. Having said that, though, I do have to say that Snapchat has become the social network de jour for for the youngins, and it's not all uh, all the bits that shouldn't be sent back and forth. They actually just really use it to communicate with each other. But you do run the risk of, of that because that is what Snapchat started as. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It also depends on the age of his daughter, you know. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, I, I, you know, do what you should do as a parent and monitor what your daughter is doing at all times. Uh, Snapchat does make it tricky because, you know, the messages that she's getting in the photos will disappear and you cannot get to them. But you'll have a good idea what's going on. Check the camera roll every now and then, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, use parental controls and parental sensibilities. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> and, and good luck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Um, so Steve Cleary writes, oh, wait, I'm number three as I purchased one password for the iPhone a few months ago based on listening to GOG. Apparently still need to pay for an additional license for my PC. Non-transferable between operating systems. Soon. Great show, and thanks for sci-fi book reviews and geeky stuff. And, oh, yeah, the R word grates like the N word, but understand it's just a effing word. Keep up the good works. Now, what? this might be my problem for never listening to our show, but I don't remember what the R word would have been. I, too, am kind of clueless as to what the R word is. Okay. Well, now, now I know that back and clarify, or we'll just let that one go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I might be Republican, but I don't think we've ever bashed Republicans openly on the show. Yeah, no, not, not openly. No. Just, you know, innuendo, perhaps. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm Republican on some things, Democrat on the other, and in the middle for the rest. So I don't, I don't blame anything in particular. But uh, Steve, write us back and tell us what the R word is, just so we know, because, you know. And, and by the way, thanks for purchasing iPhone, or uh, one password for the iPhone. And yes. yes, you do have to buy a license, because it is a completely different set of software, and it takes a lot of money to, to write that thing. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you gotta you gotta pay for that research and development time to port to different operating systems. And I've got to say, you know, it, you set it up right; it works seamlessly over everything that you've got. I mean, I've got it running on PCs, Macs, phones, iPads, blah blah blah, and it's a great great system. Yeah, it works great. And if you have a Dropbox account, it just syncs perfectly. Exactly. Even though you have to use Dropbox and it's not secure. Hmm. Mm, no, it, it's encrypted. It's encrypted okay. once it goes to Dropbox. You can't just open it up and and look at your passwords. That's very true. All right, so we also got a comment from Robbie. Dear Grumps, during the Ghost in the Prius episode, you talked about the maternity-paternity situation in America. Well, my wife is a graphic designer, currently a stay-at-home mom, but when our second child was born, she was working for a small Texas advertising company. They hired her as a contractor, so they didn't have to include her on their taxes. Yep, that's the biggest corporate trip of all, right? Uber? Right, Uber? <laughs> right, Uber. And get a nice write-off for their own taxes and screwing us on ours. Despite this, they required her to be in the office from 9 to 5 and be on call 24-7. Sounds exactly like my contracting work where I'm basically a fucking employee. Uh, so when she got pregnant, they initially agreed to two-week unpaid maternity leave. But as we got closer to the due date, they started hinting that once oh, this goes on for quite a bit, basically really, really got screwed. I'm sorry, man, Robbie. It, it's a horrible situation. It doesn't make any sense. It's absolutely insane. And our country is absolutely at the bottom of the pile at how we actually deal with this sort of stuff. So uh, all sympathies are with you. This needs to change it's absolutely ridiculous yeah they really kind of screwed them on everything so um hopefully get another job for for starters <laughs> um and you know i wish we had the name of the company so we could publicly shame them but i guess she might still be working there so yeah she might be and and something that you may want to look into and I, it's one of those situations like when, when jason said earlier for the photography thing well if you don't like the contract don't take the job you don't always have a choice like that, but look into your, your wife sh should consider looking into basically a standard work for hire agreement that she should have the company sign, which basically would cover her to a certain extent. You know, if you go over X amount of hours, then this happens. If you go over X amount of hours, then this happens. Uh, you can try to do that. I mean, chances are the company will say, go screw yourself, but it's worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah. The maternity maternity leave thing is a little bit difficult, though, because right, as a contractor, that yeah. way as a contractor, unfortunately, especially if you if you live in a work for hire state, you know, then they can just let you go for anything. But yeah. the yeah, sorry, man, that that really does suck. Really. Yeah. Does. But, uh, you know, tell people about it and keep talking about it. It's a you have a good story and this kind of stuff needs to just, you know, it just needs to keep getting out there. So people like John Oliver will hear it and do another blistering thing on it. And then the John Oliver effect will happen. And all of a sudden, everything will be better here. Everything is better with John Oliver. That's right. So Kurt writes, Hey guys, I've been listening for a few months and absolutely love your show. The sense of humor, varied interest, and insightful commentary is really refreshing. Just listened to episode 115 and was amazed at how my interests match some of yours. Sci-fi tech and the hatred of our narcissistic society. By the way, I am a corporate pilot and fly around the world and can give Jason my advice for overcoming his fear of flying. Go take a demo flight in a small four-seat Cessna or Piper at your local airport. Might cost you about 100 bucks, but could really help. Um, there's uh, some more stuff in here about how this happens, but um, I, I appreciate the, the advice on that. Here's the interesting thing. Small planes do not scare me. I used to fly puddle jumpers from Raleigh, North Carolina to Virginia Beach all the time, little uh, two engines or one engine planes. I feel perfectly safe in those because I can talk to the pilot. 
And they'll like, bring you up and say, here, oh, look, a storm. We're going to go around the storm. And they tell you everything that's happening. It's the damn jets. But this this nicely dovetails into our next segment. But uh, thanks well, for yeah. Uh, let me just comment on that really quickly because once again, Jason, methodical and well thought out, but completely wrong. Statistically, small planes are more dangerous than jets. Yeah, that doesn't matter though. I'm talking about my fear, my irrational and rational fears of flying. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely irrational. It's, uh, it's yeah. still more dangerous to drive to the damn airport than get in any plane. But of course, yes, especially with all those Priuses out there. Yeah, those little planes though, they go down like five dollar whores. But yeah, it's they're still more fun to fly in. God damn! At the library. As we were speaking of flying in the last segment, I wanted to bring up Cockpit Confidential, Everything You Need to Know About Air Travel by Patrick Smith, which Brian, you know, reviewed on the show last week. And I said, oh, I'm going to get that because I'm going to get on a plane. Best yes, recommendation I, from Brian ever. I told you it would actually help out a lot. It did. By the time I got to the airport, I was just like antsy to get on the plane because I'm like, now I want to go fly. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it goes that far, but it was a very good book and he's a very good writer. And uh, it does take a lot of the the mystery out of all the things that might freak you out a bit when you're in the air. And uh, a lot of good stories in there, too. I, I'm a big fan of Patrick Smith and, and I'm looking forward to a third one from him. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was really nice to just listen to the entire flight. I listened to that whole book, you know, from when I got in the car to drive to the airport, the three hour delay that United always makes you have before you get on the plane. And that was one of the real reasons I wanted to get on the plane, because I really did want to fly, because I wanted to get to wherever the hell I was going. Yeah. Uh, and I'm never flying the unfriendly skies again. They, the, the worst experiences both ways this time on United. No more. You know, I, my hard and fast rule is try not to fly any domestic carriers. If you can avoid it, always fly international. That would be that would be nice, but uh, sometimes the wallet dictates where you can go and when. Yeah, or the frequent flyer plans and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I've been stuck on many a United flight, much to my dismay. Yeah, and since I was so stressed out coming back, I decided to read Siddhartha by Herman Hess because I needed a little centering, or you know, I was gonna get a little antsy with uh, United on the way back because it was like a three another three hour delay. Right. Well, so Siddhartha is you know it's written in the 1920s classic book and i'd never never gotten around to read it and it was it was great i loved it really I, i've actually never read it either i've read journey to the east and obviously i've read steppenwolf but i've never read siddhartha so that uh if you think it's good i might have to brush that up and and read it i thought it was incredible i really enjoyed it start to finish and i actually went back and started to listen to it again because the plane was late yeah. <laughs> it was good though i really liked it cool i definitely check it out and speaking of uh Things that are really cool and that we really, really love and something we both got, I think, blindsided by. Uh, the Long Utopia, the third Long Earth novel by Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter was basically just dumped on us last week. This is the fourth in the series because don't forget the Long Mars. Oh, right. Sorry. Fourth book. Fourth book in the series. So, yeah, it, all of a sudden you posted on my Facebook page. It's out and it's out now. And we bought it immediately and I've been reading it since then. And I'm enjoying it tremendously so far. I've, I've been way too busy. I wanted to basically just stay up all night and finish it, but I haven't done that. So it, it's been great so far and totally shocking. I actually completely forgot about the Long Earth novels when we did all of our stuff with Terry Pratchett, when he, when Terry Pratchett passed away. And uh, I was very surprised to see that there was a book, and I kind of just assumed we wouldn't get another one. So Yeah, and it's strange because they always release them in June, like year after year after year, and this was right on schedule, and it totally blindsided me. I saw it come through one of my Google alerts, and I'm like, holy shit. So yeah, I immediately ran to your Facebook page, and I'm like, look, look, look. Yeah, and I had hoped to have it done for the show, but I haven't, so we'll talk about it more next week when I will have finished it. Um, but I will say that this is a series that I wouldn't mind see continuing, even though Terry Pratchett has left us. Uh, I don't think it relies so heavily on him and his specific voice, and I think it could be continued. I think he's laid the groundwork to bring the humanity to it that Stephen Baxter doesn't necessarily do because he's kind of more of a hard sci-fi writer, and I think he could carry it on without uh, Terry's input and help. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I wouldn't mind seeing this one go on because I think on, in this this book, there is a lot more hard science in it. And I, yeah. I can see more of Stephen Baxter in it than Terry Pratchett, but I'm three quarters of the way through and loving it. So we'll talk about it more on next week's show for sure. 
Yeah. And, you know, as we said at the time when Terry passed away, uh, please, please do not continue the series, the Discworld series. And uh, his daughters basically came out and said, nope, no more. And uh, we're happy about that. Software, apps and gadgets. I've been trying out a new app, which is in the kind of the vein of Snapchat with disappearing messages. It's called Wicker. Mm-hmm. It is the most trusted messenger in the world. Now, back in our early days of our of our show, I think we ran through five or six different ones of these that we just never ended up going back and using ever again. Yeah, I, this might be that way, but I've got a bunch of friends that use this one now. And uh, free download for iOS, Mac, Windows, Linux, everything. They make mm-hmm. their money on the you know the enterprise side of things, so it will remain free for personal use. Um, but it, it's got a pretty good interface, works pretty well across clients and haven't had any problems with it yet. So if you're, if you're looking for something that is, um, secure and has been vetted by really top notch security, security folks, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the one to go for. All right. Very cool. I mean, you know, the problem with me is, is just like anything else you go where your friends are and all my friends are on WhatsApp. Yeah. I have got no friends on WhatsApp. You, you, you not with. You know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, there's a really cool uh, new feature in Dark Sky, which we reviewed the new version last week, which I completely missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got custom alerts now where you can basically say, send me uh, in a, a notification if it's going to be, you know, over 80 at three o'clock today. So I know to wear shorts. Right. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Again, not terribly useful in L.A. And as I if we're going to talk about Dark Sky, I've got to talk about the problem again, because it, it happened even again last night. I was standing outside and it said there was no the nearest precipitation is three miles to the southeast and there is no precipitation in my area right now as I felt precipitation falling on my head and on my phone. <laughs> did you uh, did you use the report it feature? No, I did not because I paid for the app. So why should I be doing the work? And that is actually something I got in a little dust up with uh, Dr. David Teeter on Facebook about this after I posted it, because then he called me out and he was like, but you don't understand. Obviously, you don't understand how it works. Here's the map of radar stations because you complained about how it couldn't connect enough data because you're sitting on the coast, at which point I corrected him and said, I didn't complain about that. That was Jason's point. So you guys can talk that out tonight. Uh, Nah, I don't (laughs) think so. But all I know is Dark Sky, as far as uh, notifying me if it's raining or not, does not work in Santa Monica for whatever reason, thus rendering the app completely useless. Well, then move. <laughs> but I bought the house and it's more expensive than the fucking app. <laughs> then quit your bitching. Oh, man. That's what we do. If I quit my bitching, we don't have a show. We, but sometimes we like to give, you know, advice on how to fix the problem. And the problem is use the button that says it's raining here. Yeah, well, Waze you already is, you already had the app open. Waze is a free app that that requires on user data. I'm not going to pay for it and then do all the work. That's like I'm going to go to McDonald's and go make my own food and pay for it. <laughs> okay, fine, be that way. So, uh, as even though we do definitely hate WordPress, I found a really cool plugin this week. Um, it's called the iTunes Podcast Review Manager that six people that listen to this podcast will probably get get some use <laughs> out of. But it will go and grab all of your last 50 ratings in iTunes or reviews and put them in a little page that you can then copy and paste and put in your show notes and then find out you have friends in Sweden who are leaving you comments because you never go to the Swedish iTunes store to see if anybody's talking about you. Yes, this is a very nice plugin, purely and almost entirely for that reason alone. It is a severe pain in the ass to try to get any international ratings or reviews on your podcast. And this pulls everything in quite nicely. It's, it's currently free. They are working on a pro plan where I'm assuming you'll be able to get more than 50 and and store them and things like that, which I think we might end up paying for because this is a really nice product and really well done. UX could use a little work, but for the most part, great. Knocked it out of the park. No, I think when we get there, we should pay for it just on the principle of the fact that we're going to use it and we like it. And uh, I would actually like to keep all of our ratings uh, in a nice, tidy format, uh, you know, so when I'm a real grumpy old geek, I can look back and go, ah, oh, people liked us. People really, really liked us. Media Candy. I am a fan of HBO's original programming, and this week they came out with The Brink. The mm-hmm. new uh, new series with Jack Black. 
Yeah, I've seen because, you know, I'm always reminded of how weird a city Los Angeles is uh, when I travel or when somebody comes and visits here, because every single billboard in the rest of the world is about like Frosty Freeze or products or something like that. But every single billboard in Los Angeles is about a movie or a TV show. And uh, they have blanketed Los Angeles with uh, with these ads for this this particular show. So uh, my gut instinct is it's going to suck. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, you are uh, not wrong. Damn it. It was terrible. It I mean, looks I get, terrible. <laughs> it was unbelievably terrible. I, I really wanted to like it because I wanted another good comedy to fall back on. Yeah. There was not one chuckle in the bunch. Yeah. Sadly. It just, I mean, you, yeah, as you can even just tell from the billboards, but then I saw a few of the, the trailers for it and it just looked lowest common denominator stupid, which is unfortunate because it is quite a talented cast and, uh, it should have been good. It should have been good. Yeah. Sucks to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, you feel free to give it a shot. I'm going to give it three episodes because I always give everything three episodes just to see if they, you know, get their legs under them because first episode, generally a pilot. Yeah. And then they kind of go back, fix it. And then by the third time, if they haven't fixed it by the third episode, they're not going to fix it. <laughs> see, you go three episodes. I go three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is why everything we love never gets made again. I know. That's your theory. Uh, yes. Um, I, I do want to talk about a couple podcasts real quick. Uh, the You Are Not So Smart podcast, episode 52 on learned helplessness, mm-hmm. was really depressing, but really enlightening on how we're just meat computers. <laughs> Honestly, just yeah. meat computers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we are. I haven't listened to this particular episode. I am a fan of the podcast, but uh, yeah, I, I'm in a good mood right now, so I'll I'll wait until I'm kind of feeling crappy, and then I'll listen to this one. Yeah, it, there's some there's a little light at the end of the tunnel on it, but for the most part, how these people can put you in a state of learned helplessness within five minutes is insane. It's just insane, and then you just give up. You give up. It's like, oh man, why you got to be doing that? So next podcast is, uh, which everybody talked about, and I couldn't believe it, uh, Obama on Mark Maron's WTF. I, yeah, that, you know, I, cool, I guess. It's, it's a strange one, especially if you've ever listened to WTF and you know that he just rants and says fuck about 7,000 times every intro. But uh, okay, cool. Have you listened to the episode? I have not listened to the episode. Um, I was stuck in the traffic created by the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So thanks a lot for fucking that. But uh, no, I have not listened to it. Um, I, I got I got kind of burned out on uh, Mark Marin a while back. So I haven't gone back to listen to it. And I figured if there was anything important that came out of this particular thing, besides the president being on a fucking podcast, uh, I would hear about it. And I haven't really heard anything. So. Okay, yeah, I mean, a little bit of it was on CNN because of the controversy, but for the most part, I liked this one because it was Mark Maron doing what he does, which is do a fucking interview. You know, when he talks about himself and his comedy and all that stuff, I just, I'm like, fast forward, fast forward, get to the interview. (laughs) He's one of the best interviewers in the business right now. He's really on point and gets shit out of people that they shouldn't be giving out. Right. Um, some most of the time. Sometimes he he flops, but I I thought this was a good interview. I was really kind of into it, and uh, it was, which is really weird. Like I'm laying in bed, getting ready to go. Like got to wake up, go to the airport to skip his damn traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I I like snuck through. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. And then I get to the airport, and it's up on CNN, and I'm like, oh god. Yeah, but, I mean, it's you know, it's a big deal that Obama would do that, and it's funny that he just went to you know his garage in Pasadena and sat there and did a show. So, good on you, Obama. Here's the upside of this, though: uh, it brings podcasting back into the mainstream again, and it's not fucking serial. I don't have to hear <laughs> about serial anymore. Yeah, that was always pretty depressing to me that that was really the only podcast that ever got any national attention. So it's it's good that something else did too. So keep listening to podcasts, people. It's it's the new damn radio. And I've got one movie review. This is going to be a very short one. Um, we we ended up watching that movie Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal the other night. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, Mark Maron, what the fuck was that movie? There, I, mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. even remember hearing about it, so I don't know where you got this from. It was, uh, I mean, it was just insane. I, I, I'm going to tell everybody right now: do not waste your time with this movie because <laughs> the ending is the well, the movie itself is bizarre very slow very kind of unentertaining and there's lots of spiders in it and i do not like spiders 
and they're very creepy spiders. So it was it's nightmare inducing. It leaves you going, "What the hell did I just watch?" And you just want your your ninety minutes back. So that's that that is my succinct movie review of the week. All right, I'm definitely not going to watch that. Moron of the week. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the first one. Uh, to some degree, it is very spinal tappy, and it makes me angry at them. And it's so not rock and roll that I have to call you a moron. On the flip side, the music industry being what it is, this is actually relatively smart of this band. Linkin Park, who actually doesn't do terribly badly anyways, they're one of those bands that slipped in and made a shit ton of money and is in no danger of running out of money unless they're really stupid, uh, went to the Harvard Business School and asked them to help with their business model. Are you shitting me? I am not shitting you. And did they come up with anything to save the music industry or is this just a press? No, uh, they press basically it isn't quite as as straightforward as it seems. They didn't really go there and say, how can we fix the music industry and how can we fix what what our revenue streams are given our music? They went and said, we would like to do a bunch of different weird side projects that have nothing to do with Linkin Park, but we want Linkin Park to finance it. Figure it out. <laughs> OK, that's bizarre. Yeah, so I, it's an interesting article, and it's weird to read it. And, you know, I mean, we have to accept that rock and roll lifestyle has been dead and for a long time anyways, and Linkin Park is uh, not really terribly rock and roll. But, uh, you know, they're just like everybody else. They're investing, in, they're investing in a bunch of different companies. They're investing in a bunch of different tech things. They're getting involved in all these different kind of things. And, you know, they got some free help from the Harvard Business School and got some press for everybody involved. So they took their shitty music and have, have now turned into venture capitalists is basically yes. it. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it keeps them from writing records. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anything to keep Linkin Park <laughs> from making another fucking record. I am down with. So, okay. So uh, there's a site called Elegant Themes, and I think you and I are both somewhat fans of some of the themes that they produce uh, for WordPress when we're stuck doing a WordPress site and we need to do something quickly because God knows we aren't going to get paid to do anything. Uh, they knock out a couple of themes that are pretty useful. I'm, I'm one of their customers. I've actually pimped one of their themes on the show. Yes, yes, I believe we did talk. Was it Divi? I yep, think? Divi. Divi is my go-to, man. That thing saves my ass all the time. Yes, so we're fans. We're big fans of Elegant Themes. What we're not fans of is their blog, because they seem to have taken a page out of LinkedIn and feel the need to constantly write things to get promotion or some such. Uh, I, I don't fault you for doing this and, and thinking that it may help. However, your articles are stupid. Oh, my God. This reads like it's straight out of... Uh... Silicon Valley, the TV show. It really does. Uh, sample one from June 11th, WordPress developers, how to make more money with fewer clients. And then there's about five to 600 words that basically say, find better clients. Yeah, yeah. Get better, <laughs> get better clients, fire the crappy ones. And now they've got, uh, they've got their SWOT analysis, which, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. right out of the show. Yeah, right out of the show. Uh, it's it, the, None of them are very good. I, some of the blogs are very specific towards their themes and are kind of tutorials, and that's great. But the kind of overall businessy blog entries that they do are just moronic. Yeah, they, they should just title their blog No Shit Sherlock. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And moving on to yet another moron, uh, Chevy issued a press release this week, um, and they're definitely trying way too hard to be cool. And oh, no, I, I see the title on this. Is this, is this real? The entire press release was written in emoji. Oh, I am never oh. buying a Chevy now. They had to release an official translation after because nobody could figure out what the fuck it was supposed to read. And people started to make fun of it and create their own versions of the press release, which are all hilarious. Oh, man. OK, this is, this is so wrong. They deserve everything that, they, that happens to them. Yeah, this is when you get an idiot in charge of your PR department. No, this is what happens when you get a 14 year old girl in, in charge of your <laughs> PR department. What what major corporation is going to do a press release in all emoji? I yeah. mean, especially with Chevy, that makes no sense. Well, and the thing is, it's already been done, it, it, you know, in, in small, quick, clever ways by tech companies. So I can't remember who exactly did it, but somebody responded to something with just emoji. And it was funny and clever because it wasn't real and it was a tech company. Uh, once it's been done once, it's not cool or clever anymore. And you guys are idiots. <laughs> Moving on. I, I don't even want to give them any more time. I know this segment is called Moron of the Week, but uh, one more, and uh, this one is not a moron. This is the asshole of the week. Uh, Bell Gibson, 
who started a company called, uh, I believe it was called The Whole Pantry. Uh, she's an Australian and it was a very, very successful company that was doing incredibly well and making a ton of money that was almost entirely based on the concept that she claimed to have survived a terminal cancer diagnosis of six weeks, four months top tops. And she basically survived and uh, made it through because of all the amazing things that she knows how to do about her food and wellness things and complete and utter bullshit that won't actually save you if you're really sick. So she made a ton of money selling this schlop and bullshit to everyone until finally she got caught and basically everything was questioned. And all of a sudden, oh, no, I never really actually had cancer. She should be in jail for fraud. She should be in jail for fraud. I don't know what the rules are in Australia, but whatever. She should be in jail for fucking fraud. You're an asshole and people like you deserve to go away. Regardless, uh, she's basically in the news right now because she'll be on 60 Minutes doing her ritual public apology that everybody has to do when they try to hold on to a career. Let's hope that way. How can you fucking have a career about this when it's all bullshit? How are you going to save your career? Uh, Well, the Kardashians have an entire career based on bullshit and it hasn't hurt them any. Yeah, but they're not actually claiming to, like, be able to fix you. <laughs> That's true. No, they need to, like, like slather her in honey and throw her in the outback. That should be the Australian justice. <laughs> Australian justice. Bloomin' onions. The web's not dead! Oh, no, it's not dead! Ran into a great article on allday.com, which I'd never heard of before. Uh, I believe that this came from the almighty Takai, because he posts everything known to man on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it is every time you get drunk, this is what happens to your body and your brain with great illustrations and kind of specific uh, goes into the real specifics of exactly what is happening to you as you get drunk. And since we like to get drunk and often make poor choices, this tells you why. Okay. Do I really want to read this? Because I'm going to go out partying tonight with Teeter, and you know how dangerous that is. So, I, Do I really want to know what's going to happen to my body and my brain before I go out and have a good time? Well, you're going out with Teeter, so it's not going to stop you anyways. You guys are going to get blindingly drunk. So go ahead and read it and make sure that you pay heed to the last one about why you need water before you go to sleep. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> and speaking of frothy yellow liquids like beer, oh, Kanye. I love this story, and this is what makes me love the internet. Kanye West is going to be headlining Glastonbury this weekend, the gigantic festival over in merry old England. Uh, A lot of people there weren't fans when this was announced because it's traditionally kind of been a rock thing, and he's headlining, and it's Kanye who is polarizing at best. Some people certainly think that he writes good music and he's somewhat of a genius. He certainly thinks that. Um, And a lot of people don't care for him. I am in that latter camp. Well, this is when the internet gets great. Somebody tweeted, I hope someone lugs a bottle of warm urine at that Muppet Kanye West at Glastos so his face comes out in piss blisters. <laughs> uh, put the only, the way, only the way the British can do it. <laughs> well, somebody who tweeted, somebody who saw that tweet then created an online petition uh, to get people to basically bring piss and throw it at Kanye. There are now 134 thousand four hundred and fifteen people that have said that they are going to do this that are attending the festival so kanye is probably going to be drowned in piss and it should be awesome i wonder if he'll come out in a hazmat suit i i wonder if he's even aware of this i i hope somebody in his uh, media team actually gets a google alert and knows that he might be in some trouble oh i hope not oh god for for our sake i hope not <laughs> I just want the pictures. I just want the pictures. So Kanye should be watching out for the warm rain at Glastonbury. Oh, that's nasty. Closing shout out. A shout out to the Women's World Cup. I won't give a shout out to FIFA because you're still a bunch of idiots, but you've somehow managed to put together a pretty decent tournament. It's been going great. Uh, Germany is about to play France uh, right now, so we're getting off so I can go watch the damn game. And uh, the USA is playing later today, so go USA. Uh, Germany and USA probably in a just world would be the final, but they're in the same bracket. Damn you brackets. So a good chance they'll be meeting up next against each other. Uh, But overall, I mean, now that we're down to the round 16 and actually we're past the round of 16 we're starting quarterfinals today uh the quality of play has been amazing and there's some brilliant athletes out there and it's just been a real joy to watch so go ladies
Go ladies. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to Jordan, Jen, and the Art of Charm for hosting me at their lovely home in San Francisco this week and letting me use the official Art of Charm studio to do this podcast today. Nice. Yes. And uh, yeah, that said, I need to get going because I got to get back to work. All right. So thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can find more about me at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at @slenderfungus. Ha <laughs> ha eh, Fuck you. <laughs> Until next time. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars and tell a friend about the show. Music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud, which you can get to by going to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in the episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 116. Cancer, it's Australian for asshole. Ah!